Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Hello, chickens. Oh, just as I started to record this, <laughs> bag fell on my head. <laughs> From the shelf above, um, and it's uh, it's got like my name badge and a whole bunch of other things from the uh, Janet Fielding event that Sirens of Audio hosted in Sydney. Uh, so I guess that's a reminder <laughs> that they've got the Wendy Padbury event coming up soon. Uh, Wendy Padbury played Zoe, uh, one of the Second Doctor companions, who's recently reappeared in. Uh, the Tales of the Tardis has done many big finish episodes, um, and yeah, as I as I've said, they run a delightful uh, event. They're just really fun and friendly, and just adorable. Uh, anyway, I would love to go to one of the ones in in another city. Like I kind of love the Sydney ones, but I like I love going to all over the place, um, different events everywhere. Anyway, uh, that's just one thing to remember. Um, now, we have been talking about the wild blue yonder. Uh, and in the last episode, I did have a theory, <laughs> half-baked theory, about how Mavity has happened to pervade everything, even though it's based on, as Ali pointed out, a faulty premise. Um, false logic. Uh, but, you know, it's Doctor Who. We just run with things sometimes, even though they make no sense. Um, Damien says, Wild Blue Yonder gave me the vibe of a mid-season episode. Well, I mean, I guess it was. If, it, if, the, if the season is three episodes, it wasn't mid-season. Um, after a big twist where we need the Doctor and companion to be introspective, uh, which it was. I think I went in expecting a different vibe, and so it wasn't until a rewatch that I was able to appreciate it. 
See, expectations can sometimes just really ruin it for you, can't they? Like, if you just go, oh, this is going to be amazing. Um, often it's like, eh, it's not great. Like, I don't know if you've seen Godzilla minus one. Um, but I went in thinking, oh, look, it's going to be a Godzilla film. Whatevs. I love a Godzilla film. I love just a man in a suit kicking over boxes with cities drawn on them. Um, and it was incredible like it's made for only five million us dollars apparently like i know that's a lot of money to the rest of us but it's a very small budget for uh um, a film that has a lot of special effects in it um but i just i really really loved it and i've been trying to tell people to go and see it but then i kind of like i don't want to oversell it because i don't want you to get there and go oh it's a bit disappointing but it's really good <laughs> like it feels like it does everything right that the last maybe 10 marvel films have done wrong where it it just kind of it treats the story and the characters as the most important thing and the spectacle while it is still amazing is is last i mean it's still like it's a spectacular film and some great stuff happens but i would have really been fascinated by what was going on in the film outside of a giant monster comes to town and smashes everything like it was you know it's set at the end of world war Two. it's uh it's dealing with you know that whole thing like you know, they never really say it out loud, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, the Americans committed a lot of atrocities, but because they won the war, they're considered the good guys. Um, so, you know, there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on. It's, it's yeah, and, you know, the kind of being forced to feel shameful about your behaviour during the war, which is kind of in counterpoint to the real shame that should have been felt by the people as a whole. Like, it's just, yeah, it's a lot. It's amazing. It's just a really fun, interesting film that I could watch again and again and again. And they're doing a black and white version. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is not a Godzilla podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Damien, I've completely <laughs> derailed your uh, your message here. Uh, anyway, after a wee watch. A wee watch. <laughs> We watch is when you watch it on your like I just watch Doctor Who on my watch because <laughs> it's got a wee screen. I can watch. I wonder if I can get Disney Plus on my little watch here. Like I can talk to people on it. Like I'm in a spy movie. Can I watch Doctor Who on my watch? I wouldn't, but can I? I want to. I want to find out now if I can. Um, <laughs> anyway, Damien, after a rewatch, says after some reflection, it is well placed because the Doctor and Donna need to reconnect and find their rhythms for who they are now. This was perhaps most clear in how Donna held back on what she knew of what happened to the Doctor due to the metacrisis or metacarpals, according to autocorrect. <laughs> metacarpals aren't they like they're like a bone in your finger or your toes, aren't they? <laughs> Um, uh, Damien says, does anyone else think the pivot from high spec cinematography and effects in episode one to some questionable visuals here is to prepare the new fans coming through Disney distribution to watch the back catalogue? Um, no, I think it was just, uh, yeah, watching the making of, they were doing that thing where they had the, the whole thing was in like a virtual space so they were doing it on green screen but the director could watch it 
on as if it was in real time. So the camera tilts, the whole hallway tilts, like they keep the geometry and all that kind of thing. Um, and then it's rendered out f- for the final episode. But I don't know, like the director's quite young. Um, I don't know if there was just like a bit of inexperience or maybe their reach had exceeded their grasp um, in some of the special effects. But I think it looked like it looked amazing 98% of the time. Like the times it was kind of like a bit jarring was... M- it was maybe 2%. And I think part of that is because it is such in such high definition. Like, it's in 4K and it's unforgiving. Like, that is an unforgiving resolution. Um, you see everything. So, if something's a bit kind of, you know, off kilter, you're like, oh, yeah, no, that does not look good. Um, it's like, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it's apparently some of the Marvel films, they... They keep sending out updates because films are digital files now when you go to the cinema and they'll just like while you're asleep, like overnight, they'll send an update with some fixed special effects. So someone who saw it on Wednesday will see a completely different film on Thursday. Like that is that is crazy to me because I come from the world of, you know, everything was locked down on a film. And if you wanted to see a new version, you had to wait for Ridley Scott to go and mess about with it. And <laughs> make a final definitive super director's cut like how many versions of Blade Runner there are I still am completely confused by um James Cameron also has gone in and changed films that's a a big thing at, at the moment is there's there are these 4k versions of um I went to see the abyss uh at the IMAX in Sydney and it didn't work um they couldn't get it to play um, although they did point out they couldn't get anything to play, not even a commercial. So it wasn't just the Abyss file. Um, so I missed that. But yeah, apparently the the Blu-rays of these films, like I think it's True Lies, uh, they've kind of removed all the grain and they've done some weird stuff with, you know, like they've smoothed out people's faces and stuff. It looks very strange. Um, you know, the AI is not far enough along to really be doing any of that with, but hey. They're trying. Um, But, yeah, that is a very funny comment, Damien. (laughs) Because imagine someone watches, you know, all the special effects in these specials and goes, oh, well, I'm going to go back and watch the old Doctor Whos because, you know, this one, it's very similar, as I've just said, to the Ark in Space. Someone might hear that, decide to go and watch it and then go, "Um, Adam... The cliffhanger on one episode is a man looking terrified at his hand because it is covered in bubble wrap that's been spray painted green. And yes, that is true. That is exactly what it is. But oh my God, was that terrifying when I was a kid. I totally bought into it. Um, But yeah, that is very funny. Uh, James um, has quite a bit to say about uh, Wild Blue Yonder. We may be going on over into two episodes. Um, In a great episode, I want to focus for a moment on the way that the flux and the timeless child was handled. Oh, good, James. This is exciting. Uh, I'm someone who has absolutely no problem with either the timeless child or the consequences of the flux. I think that's many people who listen to my podcast. So, you know, I know a few people don't like it, but a lot of people just kind of went, no, that's all fine. Um, James says, I think that the Timeless Child storyline was handled perfectly well. Although I do think there were some real problems with how the Flux storyline unfolded, mainly the seeming lack of consequence of the universe being half wiped out and the damp squib of Tecteon's demise at the hands of the Thompson twins. (laughs) 
so I'm already receptive to Russell T. Davis affirming the place of these storylines. And I have to say, I was really delighted with how he went about it directly, economically, and as a useful story moment for Wild Blue Yonder. It was clear that these events have real mavity for the Doctor. Oh, James, no, you didn't. I mean, the flux does come up again in um, The Giggle, and we might talk about that a bit later on. But yes, oh, we will continue James's message in the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.